Hello, and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. And we're homeschooling moms to a combined total of 18 children. We know firsthand that motherhood is full of crazy chaos and overwhelming obligations, but it should also be full of love and laughter. Regardless of where you are on your journey, come join us as we work together to find joy in the chaos of motherhood. Hello, and welcome to episode 38. Today, we're going to be talking about something that you guys have been asking us to talk about for a long time, sibling rivalry. Dun, dun, dun. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've got it all figured out, words, right? fighting. Yeah, good times. Uh, okay, so we're going to start with a review. Um, this one is left by Kay um, from Canada. It says, a surprising little gem. I stumbled across your podcast earlier this spring, and while I haven't listened to all of the episodes, I have loved what I've heard. You work together so seamlessly and have such great advice. Thank you for the time you put into creating this insightful podcast. Oh, can I, and can I put in a request for a topic? Please give us, me, some advice on navigating teenagers, especially hormonal and emotional girls. I'm drowning here, ladies. (laughs) Amen, sister. (laughs) I have some girl teenagers, so I, I suppose I could relate. I don't know if I could. Yeah, let's let's have we'll, you tell us all the tips. Yeah, we'll work good on idea. That. Yeah, I'll talk about boys. You can talk about girls. You got both, but that's all I got to offer. Um. <laughs> okay, so for a humor segment today, because we're talking about sibling rivalry, fights between kids, we thought that we would both share the most desperate thing we've done to stop our kids from fighting. So mine... I, I'm sure there's been something more desperate, but I wanted to share one thing that happened recently. I've been struggling to, um, really focus on the good in my kids and not always be correcting their bad behavior, just focusing on the things they do. Right. So my six year old, this is especially difficult with because he is an instigator. He fights with literally every child in the house from the 14 year old to the two year old, (laughs) not the baby. He doesn't fight with the baby. Um, so I've been trying to focus on the good. So the other day the kids were playing with, um, like kitchen utensils, like spatulas and, you know, for swords or whatever, and, um, pot lids for shields. And so of course, as they're playing, somebody gets whacked in the head with a spatula and somebody whacks somebody back. And my six-year-old is really angry at this point. And so he lifts up his spatula and chucks it at the sibling. And I, my, you know, my first reaction is to yell, no, don't do that. And then I see him (laughs) lift up the shield. Well, this is like a metal pot lid, right? That's really going to do some damage either to my wall or to a kid's (laughs) face. And so I immediately... Um, like went into my like finding good face, you know, voice. <gasps> oh, let's please not do that, buddy. You know, this is like totally out of character for me. I'm like usually screaming when kids are fighting. <laughs> oh, let's not do that, bud. We don't want to hurt her. Or I didn't, I think I said, we don't want to damage property or something like that. Cause I, I think he really did want to hurt her at that moment. And then he <laughs> dropped it. And I immediately like stayed in that mentality. and was like, thank you so much for dropping that and not throwing it you know, again, totally out of character for me. I'm usually like, all right, let's focus on what you did wrong. But if you could have seen the look on his face, it was like pure shock. Wow. She just thanked me for not (laughs) chucking a metal pot lid at my sister's head. But I was like, I'm calling that a win. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. So my funniest or maybe most desperate thing I've done to get my kids to stop fighting is, um, okay, so when my oldest two were at the age where they just can't seem to get along. And I know that, at least with my kids, there's been an age where they 
they reach and there's two of them. They just butt heads over everything. It doesn't matter what. So I had, I was just desperate. I didn't have any idea what to do. So I decided I tried everything I could think of. So I said, all right, go get me a piece of yarn. And they went and got me a ball of yarn and I tied a string around one end of, okay. So I tied one end of the yarn around one of their wrist and I tied the other end of the yarn around the other end of the wrist and gave them about mm, two feet in between. And I said, okay, you guys are now stuck together until you learn how to get along. And I tied them together and <laughs> then I sent him out to clean the chicken house. Like that. <laughs> now go scoop. Uh, so, You're gonna like uh, each other. <laughs> so then, you know that it's kind of desperate, but it does throw them into us against mom mentality. So they're not each other is not the bad guy anymore. Kind of mom's right, the bad right, guy. Right. And come on, it's yarn. It doesn't hurt, right? So. <laughs> So they conspired with each other. And while they were in the chicken house scooping poop, apparently they removed the yarn, you know, and pulled one over on mom's size. But they came back in and they were buddies. And, you know, that was really about some of the last times that they got into huh. it together because I would just kind of have to say, okay, um, yarn time. And, you know, that was, no, 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 mom, we love each other. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is some, and we're going to talk more about this later, but there was something to be said about hitting them against a parent <laughs> that actually helps them get yeah. along better. Those two now get along um, better than I've seen any siblings ever get along. So I, I'm claiming the yarn trick did it, but it might have been, you know, just whatever. <laughs> just a combined, just a um, united front against a common enemy. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> uh, and hopefully the desperation that they didn't want to get yeah, tied together yeah, again or true. something. Mm-hmm. I've always thought of, about throwing fighting kids in the shower together and turning it on. You heard of that? I've heard of somebody doing that for teenage boys because my boys are now big enough to fight so hard that I don't want to insert myself in there, but I also can't let them keep doing it. They're going to yeah. really hurt each other. So I'm like, hmm, maybe the hose. I don't know. <laughs> Turn the hose on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So today we're going to talk all about sibling rivalry. When kids will fight and um, we've got lots of experience with this. If nothing else, we can um, relate to people asking for help with sibling rivalry. Yeah, totally. Um, we are going to talk about why we want, want our kids to get along. That seems fairly obvious, but I think there's quite a few different reasons um, and different ways to look at it. Okay, we're going to give our best tips for helping them get along. And I promise they're going to be better than time together with strength. <laughs> oh, that is an excellent one I'm keeping in my back pocket. We're also going to talk about what to do when they do not get along. So when there is fighting or rivalry or, you know, and, and when we say rivalry, we tend to mean something a little bit longer lasting than just like a fight here and there, right? Something that, that is hard to, yeah. hard to overcome. So we're going to talk about what to do when that happens. So why do we want our kids to get along? Kind of obvious um, for peace and quiet here and now, right? Just to make the noise stop <laughs> and to not have to always be the referee. Um, but also we want our kids to get along because we have a vision for a future clan that starts with these kids. And if they can't stand each other because of how much they fought when they were kids and how much they didn't get along, and if they have lasting resentment, um, they're just not going to want to be around each other. And that's not the vision we have for our family going forward into the future. Yeah, I love that you use the word vision. So we um, have had various mission statements over the years for our family. We recently redid ours. Um, but I love the idea of teaching it to your children as a vision. So like envision us in 20 years. And it's kind of fun for kids to be like, wow, in 20 years, I'm going to be 30. In 20 years, I'm going to be 28, you know, and say, 
what do you think your life is going to look like? Talk about that a little bit. What do you want our family to look like? Well, you're not going to live here anymore. You probably live with your own family. When you come to visit on Sunday, what will that look like? You know, and to really get them envisioning their future and how their siblings and parents play into that. And that can really, really be beneficial to their relationships today when they realize that they don't want to be fighting over petty things when they're 25 years old. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We tell our kids, do you want to be friends when you grow up? And that starts now. That's something I say to my kids a lot. And I think that is a, 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 one of the biggest side blessings of uh, homeschooling is just more time together. Um, sometimes quality time, sometimes just quantity time, but, um, it's easier to develop a relationship when you have more time together. But our, our reasons are similar to yours. We want peace at home. Obviously I feel like everything goes more smoothly when there's no fighting. Uh, we want lifelong relationships. Um, and we want to set them up for also, also to have good non-familial relationships. So I feel like people who can overcome obstacles in their family relationships are just that much easier to get along with outside of the family. Does that make sense? So they're going to be a lot better roommates, a lot better spouses if they understand how to overcome sibling squabbles. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I think I've mentioned this before. Um, my husband grew up in a family that, um, squabbled a lot or had a lot of discussions that got um, heated (laughs) compared to my family growing up. Yeah, they got quite heated and they would sometimes people would argue the other side of the equation just so there could be some life in the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And when I when I first came around this, like um, I didn't know how to um, I I didn't know this kind of lively discussion or debate or (laughs) It just seemed like fighting to me, and I didn't know how to interact in a way like that. So, so to be able to have a relationship outside of um, your family, like your family is, we've said this before too, it's like the safe place to, in our temper tantrum episode, the safe place to express your feelings and your disappointments. Um, and so the safe place to learn how to get along with people yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to share some tips with um, what, how to head off that that uh, sibling rivalry those fights the competition before before it starts um so my best uh and favorite tip is to start before the sibling ever arrives um we talked a lot about this in episode five on getting kids ready for a new sibling and um in that episode i specifically went through um what we do to get our kids ready for a new sibling because there is so, so many books out there and so much thought out there that you're not going to be the baby anymore. And that does introduce rivalry Mm -hmm. or competition Mm -hmm. into a relationship. Yeah. yeah, Almost from the get go, you're saying, Oh, you're less special now. Sorry. (laughs) Nobody wants to feel that way. (laughs) Yeah. So start before the sibling even arrives and talk about how they're going to love each other and how they're going to be friends. And that, um, you know, the, uh, along that line. Another thing we do is we discourage competition. Um, I know that we are homeschooled, so we don't have as much opportunity for this, but we don't put our kids in competitive sports, um, not because they couldn't do it or they wouldn't love it or there's not good things to be learned, but it's just um, part of our philosophy that we just don't encourage competition in our kids. We discourage competition. And then um, we encourage friendships. So like I was 
said a second ago, we talk about, do you guys want to be friends when you grow up? Do you want to do stuff together? Um, you know, imagine yourself shopping together or getting your families together for a barbecue or something. And how we do this is we, um, we have them do tasks together. So yes, I had my kids, um, clean the chicken house together, tied together <laughs> and all that. But, um, I like, I'll put two kids on one shore for the week. Okay. You guys are going to, you know, be take care of the goat taking care of the goats this week. And, um, that's your job together and help each other and, um, then give them rewards together too. So for example, you guys were on goats this week and you did so awesome. We're going to run to town and we're going to, you know, do a special activity or go to a park because you guys did such a great job taking care of the goats. And so they get those two that were working together, get rewarded together. And that's, um, another way to encourage friendships. Um, Another one that's maybe a little bit of a toughie for adults is be friends with your own siblings. Um, so, yeah, maybe you had some sibling rivalry or competition or um, hard feelings, resentment from growing up, but you, we're adults now. And so, like, if that can be resolved and if we can be friends or work toward friendships with our own siblings um, – to be an example of our kids, you know, what they might want to do someday. That's golden. <laughs> might be difficult, but it is like being a, being the example of what we yeah, want our kids totally. to be. Right. And then, um, one thing, uh, I, I have my kids do. So if oftentimes there's two that are, they're just butting heads and they just are no matter what, they're setting each other off. So, you know, if they come to me and they're constantly tattling on one, one sibling, I always ask them to tell me one good thing about their sibling, the sibling that they're struggling with before they tell me whatever thing they came Ooh, to tell. Um, so, you know, so-and-so is hitting me or whatever. So I said, stop, stop. You have to tell me something good about them before you tell oh, me I the bad that. thing. I'm, I'm doing that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and they kind of stop and blink and think. And then they're, they're like, oh, because they really mm-hmm, want mm-hmm, to tell mm-hmm. that bad thing. So so they have to, but yeah. they're not allowed well, to. And, they think and of thinking about good. the good thing might take a little bit of the wind out of their hate sales. You know, like, oh, yeah, yeah I guess I do yeah. kind of like them, but I'm still mad they hit me. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. actually reminds me of what we, one of our tips, what we do at the dinner table um, every night is we tell our highs and lows for the days, you know we say my high was mm-hmm. going to the store and using my money to buy a toy. My low was when I tripped and fell at the park or whatever. Um, but some caveats of this are, are your low can't be tattling. So it can't be my low was when my brother hit me. <laughs> you can say getting hurt or something like that. But, um, and so it doesn't become like just a tattle fest, but also it really helps others um, the other siblings encourage the one who's telling it like, Oh, you're high. Yeah. That was so awesome that you did that. Good job. And we all kind of, you know, the parents are the example of encouraging the kid in that or, or showing empathy when they talk about their low. Wow. That must've been really hard. I'm sorry that happened to you today. Um, and empathy is so, so important. Uh, it's something that I think many adults don't know how to practice. I still work on sometimes, but to teach your kid true empathy, you know, out of a totally selfless place is really, really powerful. Um, and along with that, I realized how important it is to teach our kids moral absolutes, like right and wrong. Like it is always wrong to hit a, your sibling. I don't care what they did to you. It is always wrong to, you know, whatever else your, your rules are. Um, because then it becomes not a 
us versus them thing where mom's nagging me again. It's a, I just made a serious mistake because that is, you know, and that goes to, you know, up into spiritual beliefs or whatever you believe is innately wrong. Like harming another human being is innately wrong. We don't do it ever at our household. Um, but for them to understand that it's not mom's rules that I'm breaking and I want to rebel. It's, it's the universe's rules. This is truth, absolute truth. So I actually made a video about that, um, that I'm going to post on Instagram this week, but it's, uh, it's just a really interesting paradigm shift to go from it being mom's rules to absolute rules that apply to everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Um, I have a verse that I'll often have my kids copy when they're not, uh, you know, for copy work at school, when they're not getting along and it's in Ecclesiastes four and it says, Two are better than one, and a threefold cord is not soon broken. So just uh, <laughs> getting them to thinking that this this information that mom has given us is coming from yes, somewhere outside exactly. of mom. Because yeah, when they get mad at you, they might you know try to break all your rules. But if it's a higher power that's holding them accountable, that's different. <laughs> yeah, and like we kind of mentioned before. Um, it's fun for me to allow my kids to kind of innocently gang up on me, you know? So like you say, sometimes that's forced, like making them do a chore together or making them do a project together. Um, but sometimes it just kind of happens. And when they can kind of band together to do something, um, that I don't know, go make a big mud mess or something. It doesn't have to be something. I mean, it shouldn't be something bad, but what I mean is just something that they're doing (laughs) together that mom isn't a part of. I think that's so valuable because like, I love doing things all together as a family, but in the end, my kids, when they're 30, 40, 50, are probably not going to want to come hang out with me as much as they're going to want to come go go hang out with their siblings and, (laughs) and each other's kids. Right. So to have those relationships early on is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see that now mm-hmm. in my teenagers. They're um they're to the place where they have, you know, stuff yeah. that they talk about. Oh, I don't know. Like they 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 talk about things on forms of social media that I don't even have TikTok yeah. or whatever, you know. And they they laugh and giggle about something they saw or something they heard or something and I was like you know, I'm glad you guys are enjoying each other because that's going totally over my yes. head. And that's part of the joy for them is totally. that mom and dad totally. are old fuddy duddies and they have yeah, no clue right. what, you know. TikTok is or whatever. Yeah, totally. Uh, fun <laughs> quotes or um, expressions or things that band them together that mom has no clue about. Some stupid Fortnite dance or I don't yes. know, whatever. Whatever the kids are into these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, along these lines, you know, sleep is sharing a bedroom with a sibling can really help them that way, especially if the kids aren't getting along. Maybe say, you know, we're going to have a couple of months where you guys get to share a room. See if you could work it out. Um, having like little secrets from mom, as long as they're innocent, obviously. Girl talk boy talk, whatever. Um, and then lastly, my tip is to be really cautious about labeling kids. Um, and we, you kind of mentioned this, you know, when a sibling comes around, like it's not that you're not the baby anymore. It's it, you're still as valuable, etc. But pointing out when one kid is good at something can automatically make the other kid assume that they're not and that there's some sort of competition. And we, and we often do this subconsciously. So I remember hearing a uh, talk in church, I think a while ago, um, where the speaker said, if you say Susan is pretty and Jane is smart, the only thing Susan is going to hear is that she's not smart and Jane will hear she's not pretty. <laughs> I thought, oh, <laughs> which is so true. We're trying to find like something to, to build someone up with. But oftentimes if we do that individually in the, you know, that's totally fine to do 
one-on-one. But if we do that within the earshot of someone else, they are naturally going to compare themselves and say, gee, mom's never told me I'm smart, you know? Um, and that might seem silly, but it really, it really can affect the kid. And to, to dole out those compliments generously and across the board. And if you want to say something personal to a child to do it out of earshot of other people. So. Sure, sure. I've even heard adults say um, things like, oh, um, I can't paint because my yeah, sister was the painter. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, hang yeah. On. That's with you for a long that time. That doesn't make yeah. you not yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally agree about kids sleeping together. Um, as I've mentioned before, we have a very small house and um, all the girls sleep in one room and all the boys except the baby and the biggest college boy sleep in another room. And, you know, it really does something for their psychology. When you have to sleep together at the end of the day in the same bed or in the same room, you kind of don't want to make too mm-hmm. huge of an enemy of it's that person. It's kind of the reason they say that spouses should always go to bed together, right? So that you can end the, come together and yeah. yeah. the day on a positive note. <laughs> Bonnie, now we're going to get people requesting us to talk about our rela- oh, marriage relationships and so on. <laughs> <laughs> don't. People don't. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So what to do when they don't get along? Because there are times um, when there will be two kids uh, of a certain age and they hit that age and they're just, no matter what, they're just ugh. Always fighting, no matter. So sometimes separating them works. Um, when they're younger, especially this works. Sometimes just, okay, you are go on the second floor of the house and you go down on the first floor of the house and you guys aren't allowed on the same floor. And then, of course, all they can think of is, oh, I want my, you know, my whatever from my room upstairs. And the other one's like, ah, but I just wanted to, you know, whatever downstairs. And then, no, sorry, you weren't getting along. And so for an hour, you have to mm-hmm. be on separate floors of the house. And then they're like, oh. Well, yeah, because it's it's that way naturally. When when you can't have course, something, that's yeah, the only thing you want. It's a good want, way for so. them to quickly get over their frustration because um, they really want to reunite and get the thing they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then, um, but when they get older, I find um, making them work together is better. Like if I say five and under, it's it's different for every kid. But if I separate them when they're five and under that works. If I make them work together when they're five and under, they just won't work. They'll just sit there and fight. (laughs) Yeah. But if they're older and having to work together toward a common goal on a common task and uh, shoot, I'm not afraid to, you know, make them dig a (laughs) hole and fill it back up again just Mm -hmm. to be working Mm -hmm. together. (laughs) Um, But oh, around here, there's plenty of work to do, you know, clean out the goat shed or, you know, weed the garden or whatever. And and having to work together, hard physical labor, it really kind of takes some of the vim and vinegar out of them. (laughs) Even if they get distracted and just end up playing, you still win. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then as parents realize it's something they're going to outgrow. If we keep the the major resentment um, from allowing sibling sibling rivalry and encouraging competition, and and if we are just you know on a mission not to let that happen in our family, then these these squabbles, these petty squabbles, are kind of an age related thing, and they will outgrow it, and they'll get along better when they're yes. adults. Um, just just because that's the way it works. 
Yeah, true. And along these lines, this goes, you know, those labels also apply to uh, sibling rivalry. Like if we start saying, well, Johnny and Sarah never get along. They just are always competitive and they just don't like each other. You know, that sticks. And I found myself doing the same thing. Oh, those yeah. two are always like, you know, oil and vinegar. Those two, they can't mix, blah, blah, blah. And I realized that I'm harming my children because I'm not <laughs> allowing them the opportunity to get over it which I know they will someday because I just keep bringing it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, another thing, effective thing that I do is take away the thing they're fighting over. Usually it's uh, a toy or a book or sometimes when it's just two going at loggerheads for over anything is take away like 10 items during the day. Okay. You're fighting over that. I don't like fighting in my house that goes away. And the, this almost um, ended up as my humor segment. My husband's, there's a legend, um, my husband's family that he and his sister were fighting over a book and the dad said, Hey, let me see that. And they're like, okay, dad. And they handed him the book and he opened the fireplace and checked it in (laughs) and they got the message. Yeah. Next time it's going to be one of you. Yeah. They, Uh, but they got the message and you know when when you take away the thing they're fighting over that usually takes some of the steam out of their sales they're like huh okay and then you know then they're if it happens a couple times okay so you take away two or three things they're fighting over and pretty soon one of them will get it and they'll be like uh you can just have that let's not fight over this because mom's gonna take it away too you know (laughs) um I have no problem with enforced physical contact um, for when they're fighting. So two kids that are made to sit next to each other on the couch, touching, holding hands, sitting cross-legged face to face, whatever, enforced physical contact in about 30 seconds, they'll be laughing (laughs) instead of fighting. I I don't know why, but if you just make them sit there and hold hands and look at each other, put their arms around each other, give them a kiss, tell them they're sorry, give each other a kiss, say, I'm sorry, say, I accept your apology. It's something Mm -hmm. about the physical touching and, and they'll, they'll turn, you know, if, if I say, okay, you guys have to sit there on the couch holding hands until your friends in about, you know, 30 seconds, they'll be laughing and, and joking and (laughs) hugging each other and, they may not be friends, yeah. but at least okay, they're so not I have a couple anymore. questions about that because I've wanted to do that multiple times, but just keep forgetting. So you do this with have yeah. you done this with all ages? Are there specific ages it works better with? Um you usually don't have to do it anymore after they're oh Okay. Okay, eight, so mostly ten. little kids. Okay. And if they're already like yeah. physically fighting, does this work as well? Or do they just, cause that, that would be my concern is like, all right, sit on the couch next to each other and they just keep slugging each other. <laughs> or maybe that's just my kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. My kids have never, never done that. Okay. Um, now, now I do have to say that with, with boys, um, I accept a little more rough and tumble. And I know we have scheduled to do an episode on raising yeah. boys versus raising girls, but I do allow um, some of the physical rough and tumble as long as I see that right. nobody's getting mad. And usually I'll just say, Hey, Hey, I don't want any, wa- any holes kicked in my walls. Take it outside. If you're going right. to wrestle with right. each other, go do that outside, you know, go play your whatever wrestling yeah. karate boxing, whatever you're doing, go take it outside. It's not that I don't want him to be physical and be boy. It's just, right. I don't want holes kicked well, in my, my younger boy, uh, <laughs> things often start off like that, but because he doesn't have any brothers close to him in age, then someone ends up getting hurt because the girls don't tolerate quite as much, you know, 
like you rough housing yeah. or whatever. So then somebody cries. So then it's a fight. And I'm like, hmm, I think I still need to separate you because you're kind of being physical yeah. and nobody likes it right now. But huh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just use, use your mother's intuition and know what it's appropriate to do at that time. Do these guys need to be separated until they cool down and go. then they sit on the couch yeah. holding hands until they're friends? Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I've also um, given my kids a job or the to- chore or the task of making their sibling happy for a day. So if there's two that have been fighting, um, I'll say, okay, you guys sit them down in the morning and they come up first thing. So, okay, you guys spent a lot of your day fighting and that's not our vision for this family. That's not what we want for the future. So today you guys job is to make each other happy all day long. And you have to think about instead of what do I want to eat? What would my sibling want to eat? What would make them happy to eat? And if you want a toy to play, what toy would make my sibling happy? And if you want, um, you know, something a book to read, what story would my sibling like to read or have read to them? And your job today is to make your sibling happy. And again, this just gets them out of their own head and thinking about somebody else. So that's been a pretty effective tool to kind of break up the the ongoing prolonged rivalry between two kids. You know, when that's really worked for us is usually around Christmas time, we'll do like the secret Santa type thing. And everyone is so sweet to each other for the week or two that we do it because they're always on alert trying to see what that person's interested in, what they're struggling with, something they forget, (laughs) you know, a chore they forget to do that they could then sneak in and do for them. So I need to remember that other times of the year too, when they're feeling less of the Christmas spirit. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Like we've been stuck in the house in the middle of summer or something. So I love that. So Mm. I'm going to offer a couple of tips of what to do when your kids don't get along as well. But I just want to preface this by saying it can be difficult to have the right balance between interfering and letting kids work out their own thing, right? So like when I was in my early mothering years, I felt like I intervened all the time. I was like, oh, don't do that. Oh, don't do that. Oh, let's not Mm. do that, you know? Um, And now I've chilled out a little bit and also gotten a little bit lazy. So now I find myself looking, like watching passively as kids fight thinking, to get off the couch or not to get off the couch. <laughs> like, so I really do think that that's a challenge <laughs> to uh, give your kids a little bit of space to work things out on their own without allowing like real harm to come to each other just because you're getting lazy or you don't know what to do. Right. So I will just mention that um, yeah. I do have an adult family member who for year, many, many, many years harbored some serious resentment towards a sibling because growing up, uh, this person's parents did not do very much to separate those two and to stop the fighting. And there was some serious harm done both emotionally and physically between those two. And I just thought, Oh, I can't let that happen in my house. So just to be aware of what's happening and that if any of these rivalries start to, you know, last more than a couple of days or a couple of months to really try to try to focus on it and work that out so that there's not lasting damage done. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I, I totally agree with that. Okay. So like you said, doing some service for a child, um, is really, really helpful. And sometimes the whole family can do it. You know, like if, if one kid's having a hard time, um, and it's just causing fights with everyone to just kind of gather around with everybody else and say, Hey, let's all do one nice thing for Juliet today. She's having a hard day and everybody can go out instead of everyone getting irritated at that person for having a short temper, we can all go out of our way to serve them. So I like that idea too. Um, 
we can talk. Yeah. Uh, have you heard the saying, oh, to correct in private, but to praise in public. So that can be really helpful when yeah. siblings are squabbling too, that when there is something that one person is doing wrong to pull that person off aside and say, hey, I've noticed that you've been having a hard time with this. Can I help you out? And then when they do something right to do that, to say that in front of the other siblings. So what that does is um, doesn't, you know, demean a child in front of everyone else. So everyone knows that kid is being naughty today, but everyone is more likely to praise another person because mom's doing it in public. So anyway, that's just kind of a, a thought, especially when one kid especially is having a trouble. Yeah, that reminds me of the that reminds me of the way that Joe in Little Men would handle all her boys mm-hmm. that she was raising. Do, it's been a long, you long read time. Little Men, Louis Malcott. Yeah, she had like a notebook, and she would have a weekly session with each boy, um, with the notebook every week, and they would talk about yeah what they were struggling with and what what how they were improving and little things that she'd noticed about them that were awesome. And like, she would just write it down and then she could remember and talk to each boy each week. I just thought of that. Really cool. I like that. Um, And then the final thing I want to mention is I I said earlier that I've been especially focusing as a parent lately on finding the good in my kids. Um, And I got this, I mean, it's not a new concept, obviously. I'm often thinking about this, but recently a fellow homeschool mom um, brought this to my attention and called it, had a specific term for it. She calls it energizing greatness, which I really, really liked. Um, So instead of energizing the negativity Mm. that's happening around your home, but to instead energize the greatness. And so what that means is changing your perspective a little bit. I think as a parent, you're used to, um, especially as an overwhelmed parent, which I think I am, (laughs) you're used to, um, you know, you're, you're on high alert when, when problems are happening, right. In order to stop someone from hurting someone else or stop them from damaging something in the house, but instead to be on high alert when you're seeing good happen. And sometimes that can be really tricky, especially for the younger ones that don't really go out of their way to do nice things to each other. (laughs) But you can even something as simple Mm -hmm. as, I'm so happy you dropped the pot lid instead of chucking it at your sister. That was such a good thing to do, right? Like sounds kind of inane, <laughs> but it really was a hard thing for him to do. Like that was a struggle. He wanted to throw it and he didn't. Yeah. Um, to start very small in praising those those great things for them that might seem small to us, but really are a great thing for a six or seven-year-old to do. Um, and, and within that, to appreciate your kids' love for each other. Like, wow, I just love how you guys played together so sweetly all morning long. That was so nice. I was able to take care of the baby and do the dishes. Thank you. You know, and whereas any other day, you might just think, yeah, they're playing great. Finally, I get some peace and quiet, but to share that with them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I can, um, relate to that. I definitely notice if I get negative with a kid, that kid gets more negative. It's like a downward spiral, but yeah, you're right. Um, I like that term energizing greatness. You can like start plant the seed of positivity and they, you know, they, then that can keep going because every kid likes to yeah, make good exactly. things and Another um, idea that my friend does is she actually has a couple of chalkboards up in a room, um, where kids can write down great things that they've seen their siblings do. So it's not just up to her to find it, but someone can walk by and say, oh, so-and-so helped me find my shoe this morning when I was running late for something or um, so-and-so, you know, lent me his toy when I couldn't find mine. I just love that idea because then kids can constantly be thinking of, uh, you know, looking for for the good as well, just like you are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I did have one final tip um, come to mind for when you get a, 
couple of siblings that are just they can't they can't seem to get along. It's like you almost wonder if it's their personalities mm-hmm. that are just mm-hmm. not suited for each other mm-hmm. and if they're ever going to get along. Um, I have encouraged both of them like privately away from the other one just to have sit down and have a little discussion. So, you know, I notice you really have a hard time getting along with your younger brother or your older sister or whatever. Um, and I was just wondering, do you pray for your sibling? So again, kind of bumping them out of their own mind Mm -hmm. and into a higher Mm -hmm. spiritual mind to think about, you know, what do other people think about this sibling? What does God think about my sibling? Or, you know, what, how can, how am I responsible for, you know, my brother's keeper and all that. So that is one final tip. If you've got these long lasting rivalries and you're just kind of wondering if it's ever going to stop. That is something that I have encouraged my kids to, you know, take it for to a higher power and ask for help. Yes. I love that idea. And it's so easy to overlook. Um, you know, we personally, I'm sure every parent who believes in God prays for their kids, but to ask other kids, ask your kids to do the same for each other can really help them elevate themselves out of that sphere of she is so annoying to Wow, she really does have great qualities and and to start to see those goods because they are able to see them through God's eyes. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so um, I have a book to recommend. Um, It's called Siblings Without Rivalry, and it's written um, by the same people that wrote How to Talk So Your Kids Will Listen and Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. And I read these two books way back at the beginning of my parenting career. So they are outdated. There's probably newer, shinier versions, but I don't think the things that are said in them have gone out of date. (laughs) So siblings without rivalry is how to talk to your kids in front of the other kids and how to talk to them, you know, when they're by themselves and to help, um, off, off, offload, (laughs) offset, how to, yeah, offset some of that rivalry before even starts just by the words that you're using and the communication that you're having in front of your kids. Oh yeah. I love that. I'm going to have to check those out. So that's all we have for you today on sibling rivalry. Rivalry. We hope that something we have said has struck a chord with you. Maybe a little tip you can try, or at the very least, just know that, um, <laughs> at least you don't have nine kids fighting with each other. <laughs> Life could always be worse. <laughs> or maybe you do. Maybe you do. You know exactly where, where we're at. Good for you. <laughs> Thanks so much for chatting with us about, to, about this topic today. That's funny. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd be so grateful if you'd leave us a written review on iTunes. If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberthepodcast at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at outnumberthepodcast. See you next week. Yeah. Okay. So, um, hey, Bonnie, did you cover, you have dad's story in parentheses. Was that, did you cover that or is that something different? I was thinking about that. I think I'll tell you that off air because that might incriminate my dad. (laughs) He might not like that. (laughs) So just keep going. It's fine. Um, Okay.